1: Hello listeners and welcome to episode 11. This week Brownie and Ollie from Deep Dark Digest have the pleasure, obviously, of discussing the Blackpool defeat with me. We've got a few listener questions to answer as well and we'll finish off by looking ahead to Borough. So enjoy if you can. Brownie, good to have you back, how have you been? Apart from the obvious.
0: Yeah, good mate, yeah, really good. Apart from the, the 90 minutes of football on Saturday, it's been alright, yeah.
1: Ollie, how are you, mate? First one of the season, and uh, what a time to come on.
2: Yeah, I mean, much of much the same as Brownie, really. was was going all right until uh, Saturday dinner time.
1: Until the shit show, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we'll come on to that shortly, but as I mentioned at the start of the episode last week, we've now got a charity partner uh, for the rest of the season in Baby Beat. Um, as I mentioned as well, obviously my son was born two months premature, And if it wasn't for the work that Baby Beat do, he wouldn't have had the care that he did while he was on the uh, neonatal intensive care unit at Royal Preston. And the work that Baby Beat do, they raise vital funds for babies and mums and they're fundraising for specialist equipment at the moment uh, for cardio-tochograph monitors or CTG monitors as the more commonly known. I say commonly, I don't think many people actually know that there are things, but um yeah the the ctg monitors would obviously allow more women to be seen uh, at rph but i think the well i don't think i know the cost of three monitors is around 32000 pound baby beat have a 5000 pound grant towards it but if we can do a little bit and help raise a little bit more money towards that then that'd be grand so if you are in a position to donate and you would like to donate then you can head over to justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash FTF Baby Beat. Um I would appreciate it. The pod lads would appreciate it, and Baby Beat would also appreciate it as well. Boys, let's talk about the thing that we probably don't really want to talk about. Blackpool on Saturday. Um Brownie, you were there. What what was it like before the game from from your point of view? I
0: think it's getting a little bit more um I know there's like the police involvement and there's a lot of tit for tat that seems to be going on between the two clubs at the minute, which I don't think is helping the situation. Um, I mean, I got there, it's pretty fine. I ended up getting a later train. Um, so it wasn't too bad. But it got to the point where obviously we're in the pub and they needed the police escort to the ground, um, which I always think it just seems to attract more trouble, that, because you kind of, you know, then you're then getting a lot more abuse because you're in a group and there's like gang mentality where you know like it forces people to act certain ways. Um, and you know, obviously, people think they're, they're quite tough when they're behind a, a police line of police, don't they? So I think I think it probably. Um, I mean, they obviously do it for a reason, but I
1: it's mean, it's a bit, I, of, a, it's I, a bit like... of a catch twenty two in it because I think if the police didn't do that and they let fans walk around and... I don't know, groups of like up to 10 people. So yeah. then, then something happens and they're not there, then they'll get in the neck. But yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. If, you, if you've if you got me like two or three, three or four mates and you're just keeping your head down and like nine times out of 10, you're not going to run into any issues, are you?
0: No, but then obviously there was, this, there was the issue. There's been a few isolated incidents around people getting attacked and for whatever reason, you know, people were obviously saying that they were unprovoked and stuff like that at the station. Um, the only issue I had was that the the letters they were like escorting us to the ground quite late and it, and people were getting a little bit frustrated about whether they're actually going to get in for kickoff and I got in um you know you didn't have time to get a drink or anything like that I was literally just forcing everyone in it was one entrance and then you go and then you're kind of forcing everyone in at the same time so was like half the fans were like escorting or whatever it was. So then, people can't get to the seats, and then you've got like disabled people who you've got people stood in front of them, um, because you know nobody could find exactly where they could go. Um, so it was a bit of a mess, really, and it kind of made me think, like, if I had like a kid, or I probably wouldn't, you know, if I had a young child, I'd probably be reluctant to take him to a game like that. Um,
1: which isn't isn't really what what you want to hear, is it, as a fan, because. I know we've probably all had it when we were younger. We went to games like that, whether it was Blackburn, Burnley, Bolton, Wigan, Blackpool. Um, and they're the games that when when you are a bit younger and you're, you're a young fan and you look forward to the footy, they're the, the games that proper get you get you into it. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know how I'd feel about taking Finlay to, to Blackpool when he's a bit older. And that's just from my experience of being there last year and seeing it all unfold. Yeah.
0: I mean, I suppose you can get the you can get the the uh, coach, club coach, can't you? not, you know, that saves a little bit that way. But yeah, I do think there's a bit of needle there, isn't there, between the two clubs and the fans, which is probably well, I think it's mainly because we, we've not played each other that often, have we, over the years? And now we're you know, two years in a row, it's going a little bit more consistent when we're playing them. So I think that rivalry is just starting to bubble a bit again. Um and yeah, you could see from some of the videos that were circling around and stuff like that, it's it's getting a little bit nasty again, isn't it?
1: Let's talk about the football, uh, obviously. Didn't didn't get off to the best of starts, Jerry Hayes nodding in at the far post. Um, what, what do you make of the build-up to the goal? Like, what was it? Ollie, I know you were watching, but Brownie, what was it like in the ground? Um, I thought we started all right,
0: to be fair. Um, I don't. I, I actually think of the, of the whole first half. I thought we played all right, and then obviously, I mean, it's so you've got Gary Medine there. You know, knock along ball to him, he heads it down, and, and Alvaro just completely switches off, does not he? Um, and he, you know, they these things happen. I suppose. Yeah, I think Lowe mentioned it after the game that um, they knew that was going to happen. So obviously, you know, Alvaro has just switched off, hasn't he? and we've obviously not won the first header, but. But after that, we played well, um, and Reese does really well for the for the penalty. I thought he had a really good first half, Reese.
1: Yeah, he was, um, he was a thorn in their side, wasn't he? It was of, strange, yeah. Because it we looked like the Reece that we saw toward the back end of last season, where he was putting himself a, about a little bit more, getting stuck in, getting his body in between ball and man, and sort of bringing others into play, running in behind, running off the shoulder.
0: Yeah, and not only that, getting him down that left hand side, which he's really good at because he can cut in like he did with the penalty. And then the second half, he seems to be on the beginning of the second half, he seems to be on the right a bit more, which I just thought was a bit peculiar because given the fact that how played how well he played in the first half. Um and then yeah, we get we get the penalty, Whiteman scores, and then you go in at half-time thinking these lot are here for the taking it. And then you know <laughs> Uh, and then, and then the injury happens, which completely, um, just, just completely did us really. I think
1: that that point you just made there though, about just before half time, they looked all at sea, didn't they? They were all over the shop, and you know, I was watching at home and thinking, yeah, I can see us doing these. Like if they come out and they they carry this on in the second half, like could maybe get another another couple of goals here.
0: Well, I thought we started the second. I thought we were a bit passive starting the second. I know Lowe's come out and said we played really well for the injury at the start. Of the but I think we had a lot of the ball and I think it was quite even really. We didn't really create any chances, did we? And then it just, the injury just kicked them into life and you could sense like the defence but our whole team just lost that bit of composure. Now I don't know whether that's because obviously Bambo's gone there in the, in the centre and You know subconsciously you're a little bit more worried when you had lindsay there we just had no composure on the ball um and yeah we just completely
2: fell apart i think i think composure is the key word there because i I think i texted you jake like after after the patino goal i was like we've we've lost our heads here like not not in the sense of being aggressive just just lost all composure completely um I think Greg probably does bring that on the, on and off the ball as well. Like, I thought the, I thought the way he, like we built up against Huddersfield a few days earlier through Greg in the middle was really good. And then as soon as he went off the, against Blackpool, we just seemed to completely lose any semblance of control of, of the game. Um, I think everybody is... Pro- I know Bambo, you know, he's made, he's made a couple of errors. You can say that the Patino one's gone through his legs and then he's lost Yates for the second, but... I think the whole team lost it. It wasn't wasn't just Bambo.
1: Yeah, I think to to pin it on Bambo for the Patino one, you know, you looking you looking in the build up, and I can't really figure out what Ryan Ledson's trying to do. Sonny Carey just glides past him. Yeah, he's five ten yards of space.
2: He's gone chasing it a bit, hasn't he? and then he's yeah he's, out of position. He can't get back.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't mind Leto. Um, I don't. Love him. I don't hate him. I'm just very sort of passive about him. But it's the kind, of, uh, I suppose, you probably in a derby, you're not wanting to give away a free kick, especially after their first goal. But I, don't, I just think it's criminal to let someone glide past you like that unchallenged.
0: Yeah, be, I do think Bambos should, should block it. I don't know. I just think if Lindsay's there, he might be better off. Block it. I mean, he just goes straight through his legs, doesn't it? But, um, yeah, I think in the build-up, I think Reese tries to play from memory. This is a hazed memory now. Think, I think, uh, think Reese tries to play a cross-field ball with left foot, misses it completely. Then Pops tries to do something, and he loses it. And then, and then, yeah, it just it just goes from there. Um, and yeah, we had to listen to that horrible chant for like thirty minutes non-stop, which was, which I know was delightful.
1: I know a few of you in the chat have said about how you can't get it out of your head.
0: Yeah, it is. It's a good chant, in it to be fair. I like I'll give Annoy-
1: it annoyingly. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's the the emphasis in the final bit where they they take great joy in singing <laughs> that bit. Um, but yeah, it was literally the whole ground stood up singing it, and half half the North End fans had left. Um, And yeah, it was just, it was pretty horrible really
1: at that point. Back onto Bambo for their third. (laughs) What is he doing?
0: Well, I don't know. I don't know if Lowe's helped the situation because, and there's been a lot of people criticising Lowe for this in terms of saying, you know, should he have gone to a four? Um, But I think that the most sensible thing would have been to bring um, either put Bambo at left, left centre back, and just leave Lindsay as he is. Or put Bambo on the right, move Story in the middle. Um, I just don't think again. I mean, I, I can't remember Bambo even winning a header. No. Nah. I mean, he was just getting bullied.
1: We've well said it in the past, haven't we? On here, like, if you're making, if you're making changes, or you're in a position where you're forced to make changes, if you can minimise the amount of changes that you have to make, then surely that's better. I, like you said, put Bambo on the left, leave Lindsay where he is. Leave Story where he is, obviously. Story um did stay where he was, but and to an extent, you know, he Lowe might say, Well, you want a left footer on the left, right footer on the right, bit of balance, but I, I just think if if we're in a position where we've we've not changed that much and it's only one player replacing another player, like for like, then you leave yourself less open to Someone making a mistake because they've been changed uh, because they've had to move position.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's it. You know, I think think there's a lot of everyone wants that balance, don't they? But I don't think Lindsay's that type of player anyway. On that left hand side, you know, he's not exactly mobile. He can't get forward like Hughes can. So I mean, you you may as well just leave him where he was and just and just put Bambo there. Um, But you know, he, he made that decision. Um, and yeah, it's just backfired really, hasn't it? The other alternative, I suppose, is go to a back four. But we know that Lowe is very
1: anti back four,
0: yeah. He loves his system, doesn't he? So,
2: rightly or wrongly, yeah. I understand people saying go to a back four, but I think I think Alvaro was having one to be honest, defensively. I think putting him in a four might have. Might have been even worse to be honest because then there were a few times he switched off at left wing back, like he's such a good talent. But I think Saturday will go down as a bit of a learning curve for him in what is probably the biggest game he's played. I would imagine. I think uh, on
1: that as well, I didn't think he was great against Huddersfield,
2: slept since then. I can't even remember it. <laughs> Saturday has just completely taken over. Everything. Yeah, I
1: know, I know what you mean though. He, he, he was. Yeah, he just—he had moments where he just lapsed in concentration. Just wasn't what 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 you need from all eleven of your players in a game like that on Saturday.
0: To be fair to him, though, I mean you're putting a lot on a 19-year-old, aren't you? Who's who's, who's on loan to make mistakes for us? Any really? Yeah, pretty you know, much. That's you know your big derby game makes a mistake for the first goal, and you know maybe he just didn't really recover
2: from that. Yeah, like I'm I'm not even saying that he shouldn't have played. Like he's he's here for a reason. He's been one of our better players, especially going forward. Um just yeah, defensively, just a couple of lapses in concentration and hopefully he'll be better for it, you know. Like all young players have these sort of games and hopefully come back stronger from it. So yeah, just not sure that going to a back four with Alvaro there would have been sort of the answer that people think it would have been.
0: And then, who does he put it right back? Does he put Story there? Does he bring Brown on
2: and put Brown there? I don't yeah. know. This is it again. Again, we're saying like go to a four, but how many positions and players are we changing in like on the fly? Like, just don't think there was an ideal answer for that situation. Yeah,
0: I suppose if you do that, it then becomes a bit like a pre season friendly where you're just trying things, mixing yeah. up too much. And then you, I mean, well, we conceded, we conceded the. Uh, three goals anyway so <laughs> i don't know could it have got four, much what? worse i don't know four goals well no since since from
1: the change all oh, right change. I, th- I thought i was gonna say how oh, pissed were you no 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 no. no, um, no. <laughs> yeah on on that well no before the fourth obviously we pulled one back and on goal um uh quality ball in from Robbie Robbie Brady you know we've seen that in the past haven't we this season, Um, the cross for Pottsy's goal and he's got that in his locker, just a point I think worth mentioning you've got Robbie Brady, Alan Brown Daniel Johnson on the bench heading into the biggest game of the season arguably three of your most experienced players do you think, think Lowe's maybe had a bit of a Not a mare, but do you think that's maybe, with hindsight, something that they did look back on and think, "Mm, maybe I shouldn't have left all three of them on the bench?
2: I was surprised he didn't play Brady more than the other two. Um, I thought McCann looked a bit leggy against Huddersfield, to be honest. And then, again, playing him as this sort of number 10 in this system, I still think it has mixed results, really. Because he scored a couple of goals at Huddersfield, but other than that, off his legs and so much off the ball, but going forward, maybe not as much. I thought he might have gone with Brady in one of those positions. But again, like you say, you, you'd see his quality on the ball and getting that cross in for the for the second goal. Really thought he would have played him or, or maybe even brought him on for Alvaro at left wing back. because I think he was on a yellow card by half time. So yeah, I thought he might have gone down that route. I think what low I mean he's put a lot of emphasis
0: on this twenty goal a season striker, which it's quite an old fashioned viewpoint anyway. But I think I think he's put a lot of effort on that and he's got a lot of you know, over the years, DJ and Brown, we used to kind of compensate for the fact that we didn't have a striker and they those used to be the guys that score goals. You've got Brady there who who can create and score goals. So to then put it on the fact that we haven't got a twenty goal a season striker, well we haven't, we haven't got a we haven't got great options up front. So You've got to look at a different way of, of getting those goals out in the team, haven't you? Because there's an over reliance on Reese there. Um, so I think it's easy to blame that when you've got you know, players that can score goals on the bench. It just seems a bit a bit odd to me.
1: It was a weird comment to make, wasn't it? I don't think it's as.
0: Um, I don't think he's criticising Emil so much. I think he's probably just saying Emil hasn't got any help. I think that's pretty much what he's saying, because let's face it, he hasn't, has he, you know, in terms of strikers. <laughs> and I think what I mean, because Emil does great for the, the penalty, you know, so he, he's offered more than what the other strikers would have done. I think he's just really frustrated at the fact that he hasn't really got much help up there, which is a fair point. You know, it's it's fair to say that. And he was very complimentary of Emil midweek as well. So I don't think it's necessarily that. I think it's more to do with the fact that he's as frustrated as everybody else.
1: Yeah. And ma-
0: and, and, and mainly he's pinned he's pinned it all on us getting Archer, hasn't he? I think. Which is well, yeah. definitely not going to happen now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um yeah, fourth goal. Just a bit of a Bit of a shambles, really, wasn't it? I know, I, I understand why it happened. You, you're trying to get the equaliser to to nick a point in the last minute. You send the keeper up, but it's, um, I think, from Brady's shot, was it? When it sort of deflects off one of their players. Woodman loses out in the 50-50, and then you got 3v1, I think it is, then with Whiteman, sort of the one, and uh, obviously Woodman even deeper than him trying to track back and get get back in but yeah it was horrible yeah did you leave at that point uh, no I wait I wait so, well we got it
0: to 3-2 didn't we so I wasn't going anywhere um but the uh yeah just thinking it would have been nice to get cuz they were so cocky um it would have been nice to get back to 3-3 three, three, but you're throwing everything at it at that point, aren't you? Like you say, Jake, I don't think we can be too critical of, no. of what happened. Although Brown and Brady were having some sort of Barney after that, um, for whatever reason. I don't know.
1: Do you not think that's maybe uh, just because of the game that it was? You know, tensions yeah. are heightened. No one wants to lose it. And obviously, players know what's on it for the fans as well.
0: Yeah, I think Brady. The ball comes back out to him, and he tries to play a little header to Reese, and it comes back out to him. I think Brown was saying to him, "Just get it back in the box." Um, and they were having a look quite heated, to be honest, um, argument. Um, but yeah, like you say, it's just it all comes to a head, doesn't it? And you're getting battered by your local rivals. It's not good.
1: Do you think, on on reflection, four two was a, a fair score line? Or do you think it's perhaps a little bit flattering? And I'm aware that this might sound like I'm trying to cling on to some kind of positivity. Well, it doesn't
0: matter, does it? <laughs> I mean, it, it, I mean, Lowe was saying it wasn't, but we didn't really create that many chances, um, especially second half. The goal was a bit of a weird goal, an own goal. It wasn't really anything particular. Um, and I think we just got beat by the better side on the day. Now, if it was 2 0, I don't think anyone would have been complaining
2: about it being a 2 0. So
0: I even, don't think. Even yeah. 3
2: 1. I think even if it finishes 3 1 after the 8th goal, I think we're probably all sat there like. Yeah. yeah. But I think because it's four, you look at it a little bit differently. Yeah.
1: That's the third time we've conceded four now under Ryan Rovers, Luton, and them what? Uh yeah. Is, think, there, um... is there another one as well?
2: I think it was three at Fulham on one at, away from home. Yeah, yeah, it was.
1: Um just a point, something that I've noticed over the last sort of couple of post match interviews. He he keeps saying that he feels like we played well. Um when the vast majority of those that have watched the game have said otherwise. Do you think he's saying that because we've had maybe double the amount of passes as the opposition and maybe 5 to 10% more possession, and that's what he's looking for from his team? Thus, he's getting that, even though it's not the result, and saying, look, I'm asking my team to do this, they're doing it, therefore I think we've played well.
0: I think he's just trying to put a positive spin on things. I think he, he's that type of character, isn't he, Low? Where it's all about. Hmm, how do I phrase this? It's it. it <laughs> it's uh <laughs> Oh no, God! How do I phrase it? Uh, no, it, it, a lot of it is his personality, isn't it? Uh, every everything is his personality. That I mean, that's how we sold that many scene ticket sales in the summer. Real positivity around the club. Let's face it, is was, was to do with Low, wasn't it? You know, so. I think what's happened is over the last few months or so that's kind of slipped, and I think he's trying to be as positive as possible, just to try and get things a, a little bit back on side. And I thought he was quite defensive midweek, at Huddersfield. So the Radio Lancs reporter, I think he was a bit, I think he was a bit yeah, out of Gary, order, to be
1: honest. Gary Hunt got it in the neck, didn't he? Yeah, and, and I think he's he was... a proper nice bloke as well. Gary felt a bit for him.
0: Well, yeah, and we hadn't played that well first half, so I don't know what Lo's was talking about. <laughs> you know. It was it was pretty it was pretty grim that first half, if we're honest.
1: So what, yeah, I think what was, it was what Solly's that. message in the group, Brown? Was it was something like, "I'm close to leaving"? <laughs> yeah, Throw, throwing Solly under the bus a bit. There,
0: you I are throwing it. him under the bus, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was it was pretty dull, wasn't it? Um, and it, as you saw, Huddersfield, um, Huddersfield and Borough, they got a nil nil at the weekend. So you know it's a team that aren't in there's two teams that aren't in great form. So you'd like to think we would... I mean, we did get the win, but you'd like to think we would have been a bit more convincing. So, yeah, I think I think he's... And also, I think he's feeling it a bit, isn't he? You can just tell he's feeling it at the minute, which is to be expected.
1: The pressure is well and truly on, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, it's hard to be so positive, isn't it, all the time when you...
1: Yeah, but to be fair to him, he's giving it a good go. Yeah. He's giving it a good go, um, and I, I do think it's like it's funny in it because when Frankie was here in the back end of Alex's time, we were just crying out for a manager to come in with a bit of charisma and try and sort of make that connection with the fans again. And now we've got it. It's like no, we want we want the football. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying Frankie's football was like all that. Don't get me wrong, but. Yeah, it's uh, it's a funny old game, isn't it? <laughs> well, I think I think as
0: much as you can have a personality, you've still got to back it up, haven't you? Because eventually, it catches up with you. Um, yeah, he's he's not exactly been helped, um, but you do have to back it up. What you're yeah, saying? Yeah,
1: I think everyone can see that he's not been. He's not been helped as he, he would have wanted or as I think the fans expected him to be. Um, which is no fault of his own, but equally I think you know he could have done himself some favours by perhaps being a little less vocal. Um, but, such is life, we are where we are. And uh, you just got to crack on, even after a 4-2 defeat against your rivals. Uh, got a couple of listener questions here, boys. We're just going to go straight through. Um... This first one is from Mad Cyril on Twitter, who asks, When are we going to see a regime change? Hearing all sorts of horror stories regarding who is making the decisions, and if true, it sounds like a complete clusterfuck. Now, I will say that whatever he's referring to clearly are just rumours. None of us know what is actually going on, but I think the, the key thing to sort of hang that question on is (laughs) <laughs> Will we see a regime change in 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 the not too distant future? You know, there's been talk, hasn't there, that everything's sort of being set up and lined up for a sale. Do you think that is the case?
2: And I hate I hate to sound like I work for North End or something, but it is the case that there probably aren't that many people out there with millions of pounds to spend on North End and keep the club running and all this. So. As much as the takeover would probably be nice, who like the one that we've had was was Kirchner, and it turned out he didn't have any money, so you kind of back to square one a bit, aren't you?
0: Yeah, I think, but I think it's pretty clear there needs to be a sale. I mean, if, if we're honest, I think for all parties involved, um, I think I think there's been a clear. I think what and I think where the frustration lies, and a question like that comes from, is that. I think everybody, Trevor's passing and the immediate actions by the club, you know, like, um, you know, season tickets reduced. And then even before that, there was ticket offers going, um, the trip abroad, all those type of things seem to be, seem to indicate a change in tactic and direction for the club. And what's transpired is, is that it's not even that different. If anything, it's probably worse. In the last few in the last few months, in particular, it's probably got worse because there's a clear thing here. I mean, you got you only got to look at the fact that they can't even fix the roof. And I know it, this may have been taken out of context, which is what they said. But at the I end had, of the day, just
1: on that, there's no way it was taken out of context. The yeah. whoever it was, the ground safety man, the maintenance man, whoever it was that sent that email. Why would he lie about something like that? Why would he make that up? Yeah, you know, it, it, and it's clear, it's written, it's in black and white. <clears throat> we we don't have the budget words to that effect to fix the roof. So yeah. there's no. I thought that was. Uh, what's the word? I'm not demeaning, but I thought that was quite a patronising thing for the club to put in the statement saying that it was taken out of context. We're not fools. We can see what is written in an email and we understand the context of it.
0: Yeah. And it's just that it's that it's just another PR disaster in it, really. Um, and you know, t- to have that.
1: I assume by PR disaster you mean press press relations disaster.
0: Uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, yeah. Not. I mean, I mean, I, by all accounts, the other PR was very, very upset about it, and understandably so, um, because it doesn't put the club in a good light. You know, it's pretty much saying to the fans, you pay your money. And you're going to turn up and we're just going to let you sit really uncomfortable in the winter and get rained on. (laughs)
2: Play (laughs) your part, Brownie. Play your part.
0: Well, as if the football isn't bad enough. You know, you've got got to put up with that. So there are signs there to me that, well, they're very much open to a sale and it's about, damage limitations now how little can we spend on the football club before we get rid of it That that's, that's the way it looks to me now whether that's true or not that's fine but that's the way it seems to people at the club and I think I think now people are starting to realise you can see a lot more vocal criticism of the club as a whole than what you got before and yeah it does take somebody who's willing to come in and spend that money but you know um it doesn't change the fact that we're in a pretty dire situation at the minute, I think. And if it carries on this way, January comes along. I mean, Lowe's talking about strengthening January. I mean, he, he's living in a dreamland. There's just no way he's going to get what he wants in January. It's just not going to happen. And then and then you then go on to the summer. You know, we can't even afford or don't even want to renew anyone's contracts at the minute. So God forbid what, what the situation's like next summer. I just, I just dread to think it. And, and then... And then you know you go into the next season, and and it's only going to go one way. So, yeah, in a long-winded way to answer the question, yeah, I think it, it does need a sale, um, and I'd say it needs one pretty
2: quick, to be honest. the The roof leak situation, if it, it felt like a, it felt like a pretty big moment, really, because I think we can all say we'd like an extra right wing back, we'd like another striker, blah blah. But I think when it comes to the, the grounds being. Now in a state of disrepair, whatever you want to call it, that's something completely different in in my eyes. That's just neglecting where everybody goes to watch North End. Like I know I was joking a second ago about the whole play your part thing, but they made such a big push of this. And now the fans who did play their part, so to speak, might have to put up with like a leak in the roof. Like it just doesn't sound doesn't sound good. It's not how like how many other championship clubs are in that, that situation. If that were happening at Blackpool we'd be laughing at him saying that it's tin pot. And that's that might be harsh, but but we all it know It is it's tin very... pot though, isn't it? It is. Um, I think when, when
1: you go to a football stadium, the least you expect if you're sitting undercover is to be dry. So yeah. in
0: the north of England. Yeah, definitely. yeah,
1: Exactly. Yeah I think You mentioned, Brownie, there about the contracts. I think the fact that Lowe's come out and said no-one's going to be getting a new deal before January. In the summer, we let, however many players it was, go 14, I think. There's a massive reduction on the wage bill. Um, It appeared as though the budget was cut or just disappeared toward the end of the summer. Whether that's the case or not, who knows? But, you know, all this lack of investment into the club into the squad does sort of point to me as well towards a sale whether that is the case or not the you know in, in craig hemming's statement he said oh the family have got to put 12 million pound in um it might just be that it's an effort to try and reduce that cost but whatever that amounts to i think to to refer to that and to highlight that as some kind of achievement when you're the custodians mm. of a football club is a bit wrong. Like, you think fans are right to expect that the club is kept afloat as a bare minimum by the owners. So I think to point to that as, like, a hey, look at us, we're spending a shitload of money, like, good for you, but surely there's a way the club can be better run so that that doesn't have to be as high.
0: Well, given the fact that they have to put twelve million in a year to then cut that, well then, you know, it means that we've then got to, as a club, make that deficit back ourselves as the football club. So it's only going to be a negative thing, isn't it? Because I think we could unless we start selling players and a whole new transfer strategy changes, um, then you know, it's not as if we've got a great commercial backing. Um and you know, as a football club, we don't, don't make that much don't money.
1: turmeric shots, though.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, that's all good. Yeah. Have you have had one of those, by the way. Very odd. No, very odd.
1: Yeah. What What's it like? I don't know it's just like really,
0: it's really weird. Anyway, gone off on there. Savory. Not the matter. well, it's like turmeric, isn't it? Oh <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. Um, but,
0: but yeah, sorry, yeah, so, um... oh, you lost. I've lost myself now. But anyway, yeah. Uh...
1: We'll finish that point on turmeric shots. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the next one that we've got is from Moldo on Twitter, and he said, Lowe is a big believer in his own attacking philosophy. Are we not seeing this because, A, he isn't good enough to implement it at this level, B, he doesn't have the players to implement implement it at this level, C, he has the players but they're not good enough, D, it doesn't
2: work at this level, or E, something else. Where to start with that? Um, I think Lowe is obviously still sort of learning a little bit as a manager. I think other Ollie maybe brought this up a bit ago, but it's not that long ago that he was still managing in League Two, or in the COVID hit season, I think he was sort of like lower, like lower half of League One. So I know people won't want to hear it, but he is still kind of learning a little bit, especially at this level. So I'm more than willing to give him more time to try and get, get how he wants to play. He, he's only had two transfer windows. It feels like we haven't even recruited properly for how he wants to play because we still don't have a proper right wing back. And people say, why not change the system? We can't, we can't even recruit for the system we do play, never mind for the ones we don't. So... I, th- I honestly think that it's part, mostly because he, he doesn't have the players that he wants to to play that way. Yeah, I think
0: this whole, I think Lowe's kind of he's backed himself into a corner really, only by coming out talking about brand style philosophy. You kind of I've never really had managers before who end up who we talk like that, and I think you kind of if you if you set yourself up that way, you better back it up. Because then, as soon as you don't, you're not attacking, as soon as you haven't got a great brand of football, whatever that is, then people start asking questions, don't they? So, yeah, I don't. I, I just think I think it's an accumulation of things, really. Uh, you know, going even going back to the club in general as why why it's not happening, which is why to me I've kind of been a bit reluctant to be overly critical of Low because. I just think I just think the issues are just way, way, way above his head. Uh, and the problems at the club are um all right, yeah, losing to your local rivals isn't good and and all that, but I just think he's not really been back sufficiently enough in order to to be able to prove himself, as it were, at this level.
1: Yeah. I got a bit of heat on Saturday for uh <laughs> you went full out there Jake was, fair enough like, I will I will say I was quite pissed um, but yeah fair enough I understand it but I think as well I followed it up with a tweet saying I agree he hasn't been backed and I, I do think it's maybe a little bit not harsh but I think to judge him fully um, isn't right just yet because he hasn't been backed he's not got the players that Fit his system. Frankie didn't have it, um, you know, and that's why there's one point difference between where we were under Frankie at this point and where we are under Lowe now. But I think when you've got a manager who two weeks before the window shuts is saying how he's happy with his squad and he's he's made an emphasis, he's sorry, he's put an emphasis on saying things like he's happy to coach them, make them better players. There's arguments that he's improved Liam Lindsay, Jordan Story. Um, who was the other one? Hughes, maybe. Hughes, yeah, maybe. I think Hughes has been quite consistent for the last couple of seasons anyway. Whiteman, I'm not sure. I saw someone say he did improve Whiteman. I'm not sure he has. I think if anything, he's maybe hindered Whiteman. You know, I mean, I know he scored the penalty at the weekend, but I think Ben's role has probably changed under low compared to what it was under Frankie, so he's not able to get forward as much. So I think what there's two players there maybe that you could argue that he's improved yeah. pots maybe three at a push.
0: I think with Lindsay as well, I've seen a lot of praise for Lindsay, which is fair. But we are just playing to his strengths really. I mean, we're so deep, like like sometimes we've got about we've got so many men behind the ball that Reese is just so isolated up top. Um, so you know, to someone like Lindsay, if you're just allowing a team to cross balls into the box, it makes Lindsay look. Good, doesn't it? Um whereas if you're higher up the pitch and you're getting balls in behind, Lindsay's in big trouble, isn't he? So I think we're playing to Lindsay's didn't, strengths. Didn't Lindsay have two
1: red cards toward the end of last season because, like you say, we were playing higher up the pitch, a bit further up the pitch, and he's he's got a caught out and had to bring his man down and two yeah. two sendings off.
0: And I think that goes back to the question, doesn't it, as well, like does Lowe really want to be playing like that? I'm not convinced he does, but he just have, doesn't have I mean we spoke about it in the summer about areas to to improve and, and the defence still is really individually with the improvements needed there. And I think we're only we're playing this way because we are limited to that to that, you know, at the back. Personally, that's what I think. Um so it, it doesn't allow him to be able to play this style of football
2: um if he wanted to do it. I think the, the biggest disappointment for me in terms of talking about specific players like in the low era is probably DJ because that, fir- that first away game at Stoke was it I want to say over New Year I thought mm-hmm. DJ looked so good playing in low system and you, you could just see that like this could this could really unlock DJ and then I don't know what's happened but he's sat on the bench like when he does play we can't get him into games I just I just really thought that, yeah, you know, he's, you'd probably say he's our most creative player. And if you're hearing a manager say that we're going to play this brand of football that's going to be attacking and exciting and creative, you're like, DJ should be one of the key parts of that. But for whatever reason, it's just really not happened. And we're now hurtling towards him being out of contract again. And at the moment, you'd probably say he's, he's, he's walking away, really, isn't he?
0: Oh, I'd be very, very surprised if
2: DJ's still here at the end of the season. I can't, I can't. I can't even blame him. Like if he, he's proven himself in the championship so many times that I imagine there's going to be a queue of managers that, I'd fancy having DJ. A
1: reunion on the cards, maybe. Mm.
0: Well, he wouldn't cost if they wanted him in January. He wouldn't cost a lot, would he? No. Because I think we'd probably run the wage bill, yeah. would not we? The way things are going, a bit so... like a
2: bit like Darnell the other year. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I think that was for completely different reasons, wasn't it? Well. Stuff that we'll not get into, but I think there's there's a bit of talk in there and I will stress that it is just rumours again, but on, on the forum and social media that a few of the senior players, or maybe not even senior players, I don't know, just a few of the players have sort of had enough of low and whatnot. So perhaps, and I could be putting two and two together here and getting five million, but perhaps... There's been a falling out of sorts, or they, they don't quite see eye to eye because, you know, like we said 20 minutes ago, or whatever it was, you look at the Blackpool game and think that two of the three of Alan Brown, Daniel Johnson, Robbie Brady would start the game, and none well, of them did.
0: Well, also, Brown and DJ, two of the longest serving players, know what this club's about, know what the game would mean. You, you, you'd expect them to be first names on the team sheet, wouldn't you? But there's like kind of I think like the emergence of Ben Whiteman is kind of because obviously he's he's been captain the last few games and he's kind of taken on that role naturally, hasn't he? Which I think is one positive from the last few games. To be fair, I think Whiteman's been been the one standout player. You do wonder whether Lowe's starting to there's a change of the guard in terms of let's 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 get DJ out when we've got the chance. And then obviously Brown, I don't know what we can do with Brown. I mean, he's got an extra year from DJ, hasn't he? So maybe next summer, look at that one. And they're also two of the highest earners off off the wage bill. So, yeah, whether we're looking too much into it, I don't know whether it is literally just performance and form, but it's not looking great for DJ, is it? Let's face it.
1: As well, obviously, earlier on and with our numerous clean sheets and nil-nil draws... There was a lot of talk about how well we were defend, how well we were doing defensively, and not shipping goals. We've conceded ten in our last five. I think that puts that sort of that shout to bed, that myth to bed that we are solid defensively when p- perhaps we're actually not. We just rode our luck a little bit in games. Yeah, that's
2: probably fair. I think there were a few like that Watford home game. How many chances did they miss? I feel like they had a couple of one on ones, didn't they? That they blazed over the bar and stuff. Which, yeah,
1: I think that, that Ray Minaj had a couple himself, didn't <laughs> he?
2: He, he I think would have done a better players. job than he did.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't, it wasn't, it was never going to last, was it? You know, it, it's funny because he, he doesn't really talk about that now, and our XG performance, he doesn't really talk about that either. You think,
1: I wonder why. Yeah, I wonder why. Yeah, so
0: it's you know he, he knows he knows it's not as good as what it was and and it isn't, is it? So
1: no, um, yeah, Borough Saturday. I'm not there. Um, best man at my best mate's wedding, so no pod next weekend. But Chris Wilder's gone. Michael Carrick's in. I think it's fair to say that they've underperformed with their squad. What what do you make of the appointment of Carrick?
2: Completely different direction for them again, isn't it? I feel like I feel like Borough love to do this. Like there was a period a couple of years ago where they'd go from like was it Pulis to Woodgate and like they keep having sort of defensive-minded managers, then they get bored of that and they say, Well, we'll go for somebody young and attacking. Then they then they don't like that. So they go back to safe and they just keep going in this cycle. Uh hard to tell with Carrick, in it. He only had a couple of games as United uh Caretaker, but Big name, exciting appointment for them, I guess.
0: Yeah, he's good. they've got Woodgate in his coach, haven't they, as well? So he's yeah. combined the two there, are we? He's got <laughs> Gibson, he's got what he wanted. Um, it, it, it sounds like Mike Phelan might be heading there as well. Oh, really? Mm. Right, yeah, that's not actually surprising, is it? A bit of support makes a bit of sense. Um, yeah, you just hope that they don't have that new manager bounced, don't you? On, on Saturday, um. Because they if, haven't been playing well.
1: If ever there was a time for it to come for us, it's after we've been spanked four, four two, two, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Um, and they'll probably sell a few more tickets as well, don't they? Because it'll be his first game, and they'll be up for it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they've. I mean, they've they've won two drawn. Sorry, one two lost two drawn one of the last five. So.
0: Yeah, I think the Wigan game is a little bit odd game, isn't it? Four one. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows what can happen.
1: Hard to read into it, and it really, when you know we're recording on the same day that the new manager has been been announced, and he's not really got much of a track record at any particular level to sort of read into, but um, I think with the squad they've got, it's fair to say that they should be doing a lot better than they are, yeah,
0: be interested to see how Reese plays if he's still trying to put himself in the shop window um but. Yeah, it, it's, it seems like a big four games for us, really. Before the World Cup, you know, we've got three home games. Whereas in the past, you know, you'd be like, oh, you know, Fortress Deepdale and all that would be a great opportunity for us to get some points on the board. But at the minute, we're pretty bad at home, aren't we? So, yeah, I
1: mean, we're not much better on the road either.
0: Well, no, we're we're getting all right. We're all right away from home, points wise. Yeah, if you could back point it
1: up twice, at home, but I think the performance—well, the performances across the board have been pretty pop. Mm.
0: Yeah, and then we got Swansea after that, so yeah, big couple of games for Low, I think.
2: Reading away is—is that on Sky on the Friday night? I think. Yeah. Mm. And then it's Millwall at home. They're flying at the minute, aren't they? Gary Rowett always does us over. Yeah, yeah. I think his record against us is unreal.
1: He, um, yeah. he always seemed to have the upper hand against Alex, didn't he? Yeah. I don't know what it was. Um, what are your predictions, boys?
2: Go, go, go back, back to the old faithful. 1-1, <laughs> <No, then.
3: laughs>
2: one, one, I think.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll go with nil-nil. I think. <laughs> Last two rounds of predictions, I think we've all predicted wins or draws, so hopefully three draw predictions and we might win.
2: I, I I felt really confident we were going to beat Blackpool, so I, I'm never predicting us to win again. <laughs> Scarred for life. Would you yeah. would you to batter someone at home? Aren't we? You know, I think the
0: Middlesbrough game was probably the last game we we've been saying this at right, the last season. But, yeah. All right, I'm getting too code away. It's going to be another <laughs> one. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, another week, and it's still a pretty glum place to be supporting North End at the minute um, obviously not helped by a defeat against them, them locked down the uh, M55 but yeah as I said before we'll be back with you the week after next um, I'm at a wedding in the Lake District being best man so yeah got a few bits to sort this week before that but I'll be completely shut off from North Ends hopefully we play well Batarborough score six get three points and uh it's it's a happy place when i come back into the land of the living but yeah boys thanks very much for your time as always cheers, good. Mate. cheers boys speak soon
2: hi hunts here um i just wanted to say the
0: work baby beat do is vital for all early and ill babies that are born
2: not just in preston but all over lancashire if you could spare a little bit of money to donate to the podcast fundraiser that would be great much appreciated thank you